0: I have a word for you and it has to relate to being refreshed, renewed, and filled with the Holy Spirit. A couple weeks ago was Pentecost Sunday and we don't typically traditionally uh, uh, make a big deal out of that particular Sunday because in our minds every day is a Holy Spirit day. But at the same time, I do recognize the fact that uh, uh, sometimes, particularly those of any of us that have been filled with the Holy Spirit, which is a powerful force in our lives, without the Holy Spirit, you can't do anything. It's just impossible. For the kingdom of God, there's nothing to be done unless we have the Holy Spirit working and flowing in us. And uh, sometimes for any of us uh, that have been filled with the Spirit, I mean, I think I've been filled with the Holy Spirit since I was you know, a young teenager, Probably even less, probably around 10 or 11 years old. And uh, and yet at the same time, uh, we can get a little dry. We can get a little brittle. We can get a little just uh, desensitized to the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And I want to change that in our thinking a little bit this morning. I'm, it's not the point of my message, but over in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, Luke writes a very, very important thing. He says concerning Jesus Christ, he says, you need to know how God anointed. He uses the word anointed Jesus of Nazareth. We use that word a lot around church. We That was an anointed message. That was an anointed worship service. We sort of fling that word out without really understanding sometimes what the word actually means and what the implications of the word are. He was anointed, Jesus was, with the Holy Spirit and with power, which says, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Now that's a powerful verse of Scripture. You need to almost make that part of your you know, memorization. And what that tells us is three things. It tells us that we are anointed not just to have a good service, you know, that, and and putting it in that context, we are really anointed for outside of these four walls. Come on, amen. We're not anointed for in here. The anointing is not for in here. The anointing is for out there. And secondly, we are anointed to bring deliverance. The the idea of Jesus even was not just to get people saved and into heaven. He just went about doing good, it said, whether they received him or not. He went about doing good. He was after their good. He was after lifting them up, building them up. <coughs> Excuse me. And so he was looking to see them uh, delivered. And then lastly, we are not just to pastor people, whether you're a, a, a group leader, a, a cell group leader or whatever, but we're to see people transformed. And the only way people are going to be transformed is by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so that's what we're after. Now, the the problem with that is if we're not transformed ourselves, then there's going to be a little bit of a problem. If we're not filled ourselves, and it says there in Acts, Jesus was filled or anointed with the Holy Spirit. So we've got to have something of the Holy Spirit working on inside of us in order for us to be ready to help transform the world around us. By the way, can I add to while it's on my mind, I was sitting here thinking about it, don't, particularly in the day that we're living in, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. I've been encouraging every congregation I go to, listen, I know things come up on weekend and everybody has to have a vacation. I get that. And you need to take time for, with your family in a way. But if you're in town, you need to be in church. You need to be here because every week we need to be filled. We need to be re- recharged. We need to be re-energized. We need to be built up so we can go out and let that anointing work outside of these four walls. And so that's very, very, very important. So don't get lax in that, particularly even during the summertime. Just a little word of encouragement to you. I want you to take your Bibles, therefore, and go to Exodus chapter 30. And I want to give you a word this morning. and. Want you to keep your heart and your mind open to what uh, the Holy Spirit? Exodus chapter thirty, if you would, beginning at verse twenty-three, and I'm going to read to verse twenty-seven. And this is in the NIV edition, and so I want you to see it. But uh, Exodus thirty, and a- as I as I go along, I'm going to give you several words, and if you've got your iPad or phone or whatever, highlight it that way. If you've got it, your Bible on the phone. Uh, If you've got your actual Bible, highlight or underline the words. But I want you to see a few words here that we're going to touch on. And you need to hang tight here because it's going somewhere. And we're going to see what God does with us here in the next few minutes. And these words will become clear as we get into the Word. Starting at verse 23. Moses, taking... uh, The Lord commanded Moses, take the following fine spices... 500 shekels of liquid myrrh. Underline the word myrrh, would you please. Half as much, that is 250 shekels, of fragrant cinnamon. Underline the word cinnamon. Cinnamon. 250 shekels of fragrant calamus. Calamus. Some of you that do the oil thing, the... What is it, the essential oils or whatever? You're going to love this message. You're going to go, oh, yeah, I knew it, I knew it. <laughs> 250 shekels of fragrant calamus, 500 shekels of cassia all according to the sanctuary shekel, which really simply means all according to the official measurement, and a hen of olive oil. Underline the word oil. Now, going on, it says this, listen, make these into a sacred anointing oil, underline that, sacred anointing oil, a fragrant blend, the work of a perfumer. Some of your Bibles, uh, uh, the, the uh, translation would say the work of the apothecary, the work of the perfumer. And it will be a sacred anointing oil. Again, underline sacred anointing oil. Then use it to anoint the tent of the meeting, the Ark of the Covenant Law, to anoint, there's that word again, the tables and all its articles, the lampstand, and just for today underline the word lampstand, and its accessories, the altar of incense. All right, here we go when you go on a journey into the tabernacle of moses you come into the holy place and at the lampstand in fact at the left side of the room when you are looking in and the holy place of the tabernacle where they worshiped in old testament moses day the lampstand would be on the on the on the left uh, and on the right side of the room is the table and directly in front of you would be the golden altar Now, now, here's the key that you need to know. In that room, because it's all enclosed, the only light in that space is the lampstand. The only light... In fact, i got a picture of it up here for you. The only light in this place called the holy place, if it were not for this lampstand, that room would be totally, completely dark. God gives Moses instructions, and he says, Now, Moses, take these various ingredients... And mix them to create a sacred anointing oil. And in his instructions as what to, what objects to anoint, he names this thing called the lampstand. Now, you gotta know, the lampstand burns because it has pure oil inside of it, pure oil in it, but now he's saying put an oil, anointing oil on it. So you've got to see that. One of the items to be anointed is this lampstand, which means there's oil in the lamp, and now there's going to be oil on the lamp. There's oil in the lamp, that's how it burns, that's how the light comes, but we discover that that same piece of furniture is anointed, and there is now oil on the lamp. There's oil in the lamp, and there's oil on the lamp. The oil in the lamp is pure, no mixture at all. But the oil for anointing we just read has five ingredients. Myrrh, cinnamon, uh, calamus, cassia, and olive oil. And the Bible says let those ingredients be mixed according to the art of the apothecary or according to the perfumer. In fact, perfumer was a real big occupation back in those days who did exactly what that name implies. They mixed various elements and fragrances in order to get a a particular fragrance produced. Almost sounds sort of like a mixologist. Uh Uh-huh, some of you knew exactly what I was talking about right there. Holy mixologist in this case. So they would take these ingredients and mix them, and from that they would develop a new fragrance, a, a new kind of potion, a mixture of oil that in this case is called a sacred anointing oil. There's oil in the lamp, but now there's going to be oil on the lamp. So, and it's not up on the board, but come with me real quickly over to 1 John chapter 2. And if you get this, you're going to get the whole message. John cha- 1 John, excuse me, 1 John chapter 2, almost down by Revelation, verse 20. You get this, it's the King James Version says, In fact, I love the King James. It says, but you now have an unction. That's old King James. We don't use that word much. That's an old Pentecostal word. We used to go to church, I can remember as a kid, and you you had an unction of the Holy Ghost. There was an unction in the room. You know what I'm saying? There was a presence. There was an anointing, if you would, from the, the Holy Spirit, from the Holy One. NIV says you have an anointing from the Holy One. Listen, if you don't get anything, out of, uh, anything else out of what I say today, let that simmer in your spirit. You have an anointing. Okay, one, two, three, four, five, six. You have an anointing. This anointing is symbolized by a mixture of ingredients that create a sacred anointing oil. And each ingredient has both profound and prophetic revelation of the practicality of this anointing in our lives. You didn't get that either, but let me give it to you again. Each of those five ingredients have profound and prophetic revelation of the practical output the practical living of this anointing on our lives you have an anointing and there's a significant practicality to this profound and prophetic proclamation of the gospel and the first one is this myrrh in fact here's where i'm going you are anointed here let me tell you this if you're taking notes number one you are anointed to see every one of us are anointed to see and I'll tell you where we're going in just a minute. Number two, you and I are anointed to stand. Come on. We're anointed to stand. Number three, we are anointed to survive. And lastly, you and I are anointed to surrender in worship. That's where we're going. There's an anointing on you to see, to stand, to survive, and to surrender yourself in worship the bible says this take pure myrrh now some of you will remember myrrh uh the three wise brothers at christmas time they came in to see baby jesus bearing gold frankincense and myrrh yeah and that anointing gives you the ability to see see what it sees the ability to see your resurrection to see beyond the dead stuff in our lives. This anointing gives us the ability to see. The, The gift of myrrh, when Jesus was just a little baby, was symbolically preparing him as an anointing oil, if you would, on his body for Calvary. But the story does not end at Calvary. Beyond Calvary, how many know there's resurrection and power? The story doesn't end there. It's the anointing of God that gives you the ability to see past every cross in your life, every struggle, every pain, every battle that you will ever face. You can see past it. And you see yourself on the other side coming through every difficulty in resurrection power. That's what the anointing does in my life. That's what happens when it's on me. It's the ability to see, to see beyond the now. I heard your pastor say it. Some of you came in and maybe it was the worst week of your life. He gives you an anointing to see beyond where you're at right now. To see beyond the stop signs, to see beyond the hurdles and the hitches and the ditches, to see beyond the dead stuff in your life, to see life beyond death the ability to see it's the ability to see the, the myrrh is an interesting kind of substance if you will take the next picture it comes out of the bark of a tree it, it's gummy it's it, it's it's resin it's a sap the the sap oozes out of the bark of this tree but that that's actually not the point the point is this it comes from the tree spontaneously in other words there's nothing that has to be done to make the sap come from this tree. However, if you are under that tree, or if you're near that tree, because the sap comes out spontaneously, you are likened to, you're likely to get, you're probably gonna get drift on. Because of the sap of the tree. Not because you did anything, but simply because you were close enough to that tree that the sap oozed out of that bark of that tree and there is an anointing on you. There is an anointing on your life that God has given you, watch, to be a blessing not just to yourself, but to others around you. Come on, it ought to be that when folk get close enough to you before they know it, they're being blessed just by being in your presence. They don't realize who you are. They didn't know who you were. Didn't know who they were sitting next to on the bus or at work. But because of the sap of the power of the Spirit of God in your life, it is not going to be contained. He said, one day you will go through the valley of the shadow of death and I'm going to prepare a table before you even in the presence of your enemies. And he'll bless you. Watch. He'll send out invitations and call your enemies to come and watch you get blessed. And when you get blessed, they can't stop you. Watch this now. From the blessing that God has already prepared for your life. There's an anointing on your life. But he goes on to say, and my cup runs over. In other words, if they get close to you, every one of the folks that try to take you out will end up getting blessed by you because of the anointing and the power of God on your life that just oozes out and spontaneously. And before you know it, the people are getting blessed who even tried to curse you. You're blessing folks that don't like you. You're blessing folks that try to put you down. You're blessing folks that said you weren't ever going to be anything in this world. You're blessing folks that said you're just like your mama or your daddy. But it's because of the power of God that oozes out spontaneously. And before you know it, folks in your circle will be blessed by you without knowing anything, just by being in your presence. Come on, amen. Tell your neighbor, honey, you don't know who you're sitting next to. There's an anointing on your life. The the Bible says this. Now watch this. Says this myrrh must be pure. Must be pure. The the, the word for pure is the same word for swallow. Not the swallow that's in a gulp. But get this. Swallow like a bird. And there's a unique characteristic of a swallow, a sparrow, that is likened to the anointing of the Holy Spirit in our lives. First of all, a sparrow has something in it, like an innate homing device. The swallow always comes back to its nest and home. Now now stay with me. The homing device that brings them back to their home is a part of who they are naturally. But the strange thing about their ability to always come home is that they fly. When you watch these birds, they fly in such an erratic manner. They, what they fly, we would consider erratic. They, they don't fly like eagles. That They don't fly like falcons or a flock of geese. They, these guys fly all over the place. And if you watch them, you don't even hardly know where they're going. But if you watch them long enough, you see them zoom in and they land right at home. There's something about the anointing, the pure anointing, that when your life is all over the place, all over the board all off track, that God moves in your life and somehow brings you back to the place where you're supposed to be. And folks saw you out there and they thought you didn't know what you were doing but you were just passing through and God is taking you somewhere to the place where you can be blessed and you can bless somebody else and you always find your way right back home. In fact, I think God brought one of you or two of you here this morning to tell you it's time to come back home. You've been out there, you've been all here, all over the place, and God brought you back here with the anointing that's on your life to bring you back to home base so that you can be used of God to be a blessing again. There's something about the anointing. and, And go to the next picture. This is interesting with myrrh. Not only does it ooze out of the bark spontaneously, but it drips in the form of a tear. The sap drips down in the form like a tear. The sap oozes spontaneously, but when it drips and falls from the tree, it's in the form of something like a tear. I think there's something about the anointing that can handle our tears. Watch this. Psalm 56 says, "Here's, your, here, here's a word for some of you. It, it is the word got your name on it." Psalm 56:8, Lord you have taken into account my wanderings you know when i'm gone you know when i'm out there you know when my life is just going around in circles but that's not all you do lord watch watch what he says thomas says you put my tears in your bottle in other words lord you pay such close attention to me That you know when my life is wandering and you know every tear that I shed, you keep track of it in your holy book. Do you know the Lord counts your tears? Every time you cried, every time you've been hurt, every lonely night, every time you've been betrayed, every time your heart's been broken. Every time you felt like giving up. Every time you wanted to cry and you played it off until you got home. When your pillow was wet in the morning after an all-nighter. God has a bottle with every tear that I've shed. The times that you were hurt, the times you faced opposition, the, the seasons in life that were inexplicable, those times where you could not cry or weep in the face of those around you and you learned how to weep in private. And God says, I know every tear you've shed. In Roman times, interesting fact, I don't know why they did it, but Romans would preserve their tears, whether in a bottle or on a cloth, so as to remember how bad it was, where you were and and what you went through. Anybody here look back and realize who has brought you this far from back then? And look at you now. Look at what you come through. Look at what God has delivered you from. Look how far God, look how God has reached in and took your hand and snatched you out. Listen, because there's an anointing on your life. God counts every tear. The counting of tears simply says God cares. That's somebody's word here this morning. God cares. When life says he doesn't care, he cares. When the enemy says he doesn't care, he cares. When logic says he doesn't care, he cares. When stuff all around you says he doesn't care, he cares because he bottles every one of your tears. Let's move on. He said mix into this mixture some cinnamon, sweet cinnamon. Now, this is an interesting thing. Put the next picture up. Some of you cooks would know it, how this cinnamon, this is it right here, it it rolls perpendicular in fact the word for cinnamon means upright or erect or to stand upright the word means simply to stand upright or be erect and sure enough the tree from which cinnamon comes grows in almost a straight perpendicular style and it's from that bark we get cinnamon and some of you Cook with it. Now, now what's interesting about this next picture is that it rolls up in a scroll-like form. It rolls on both ends and it almost appears to be holding on to itself. When you look at it, it almost looks like it's got a grip on itself. Now, there's something about the anointing that gives you and I the ability to hold on to God in spite of the things that are happening. But not only that, it gives us, not the ability to see, that was myrrh, it gives us the ability to stand. The word means to stand or to stand upright. After you have done all you have to do to stand, it's the anointing that gives you the power to keep on standing. Come on. When people pass by you and count you out, when people think you're think you're already down for the count, there is something about the power of God in your life that causes you to stand up and throw your shoulders back and lift your head up even in front of folks that already thought you were down and gone. He makes you a demonstration. He makes you a monument. He makes you a demonstration of his power because of the anointing which makes you able to stand. It doesn't matter how many times you might go down, you always get back up. All you've got to do is get up one more time than you went down. There's something in the anointing that gives you the ability to stand back up and run the race that's been put in front of you. Maya Angelou was right. She says, you may tread me into the dirt, but just like dust, I rise. I'm getting up. And I came here to tell somebody this morning, get up and stand in the power that God has already given you into your life. You were not made to be sitting down. You were made to stand up. You stand up and give God glory when the devil says you're too tired. When the devil says you've been beaten too much. When the devil tries to wear you down and beat you down, the best thing you can do is stand right back up again. You've all seen battles and fights where the, where the enemy and the people around always stay down, stay down, just stay down. Hey, there's too much Holy Spirit in me to stay down. Too much God in me to stay down. Too much power in me to stay down. Knock me down if you will, but I'm still getting back up. Come on, amen. Some of you didn't grow up in it, but old Muhammad Ali, he'd get himself up against the ropes sometimes and crouched in and cramped in and, and beating him off and all that. He'd let those ropes work for him, man. He'd get that pushed back and pushed back, let it go. And in a few moments, he's coming off those ropes and he's coming after it. And God is saying to somebody, get back into the fight and be all that I've called you to be. Get back in there and go another round. Get back in there and win another battle. Get back in there. The battle is yours. Get back in there and display the power of God that's already on your life by the anointing of God. There's an anointing in us. Now watch this. Cinnamon. Then he says, mix in some calamus. Now, now watch, calamus is another strange plant. It, it likewise, go to the next slide, it grows perpendicular. The, the thing about calamus, the, the unique thing is where it grows. The, this calamus plant grows near the river, near the water. It grows in the marsh. In fact, the best way to say it, it grows in the mud. There's an anointing on you that is just like the calamus plant. The unique thing about the calamus plant is not that it has green on it. That's not, that's not the thing. Not that it simply grows straight. That's, that's not the thing. The thing about this plant is where it's able to grow. And the key to this plant is that it's able to grow in the mud. Oh, you didn't get that. <laughs> there is something about the anointing that when it seems like my life is sinking down, In the mud, God is able to stand me up and get blessing out of my life even when I'm in the mud. Some of you have been asking God to take you out of the mud, take you out of the stuff, take you out of the trouble. But he's going to bless you smack dab in the middle of the mud. Don't worry about getting mud all over your toes, mud on your feet, mud all over yourself. God's going to bless you right there in the mud. So not only are you standing up, but you're standing in the mud. God is powerful enough to get something out of that mud to keep you standing. Something that would probably kill everybody else that would die in the mud that would not live in the mud But there is something about you that even when life seems to be muddy all around you You're still able to stand and hold your head up high even in the place of mud. You seem to be able to survive Anybody here ever been in the mud? And the rest of you are liars But God did something while I was in that mud. He didn't take me out of the mud. He blessed me when I was still in the mud. Because he's able to bless me even in the muddy places of my life. Are you getting this? It grows in the mud. Guess guess what else? In this plant, the stalk of this plant contains a sweet fragrance. Let me give it to you again. The plant has embedded in it a sweet fragrance. It's raised and it grows, watch, watch, with something inside of it that is sweet and perfumey. And the catch is, (laughs) you're going to love this, the fragrance only comes out when the wind blows. Somebody sees this. It's when the wind blows that's what's inside Comes out. And by the way, the harder the wind blows, the sweeter the fragrance is. You thought God forgot about you in that last windstorm. But I came to tell you that God was the one that sent that storm because every time the wind blew, there was something inside of you that the enemy did not want to come out. There's something in you that the enemy wants to hide. There's something in you that God, however, wants to release. And it's the wind of trouble and the wind of trials that bring out the best in you. The best is yet to come. Come on. The more the wind blows, the more you stand and release the fragrance. It's just that. And when you do that. Oh my, you change the atmosphere of every room you enter. There's something about the trials of life that when the wind blows, God releases in you everything He has put in you. Don't run from the storm. Don't run inside and try to get out of the wind. No, no, no. Stand up in the wind because listen, no matter how Hard the wind blows you might bend but you will not break do you hear what I said and in the meantime as you're being bent a sweet fragrance is being released there is something about the anointing that allows you to release the power of God and bless somebody else when you walk out of here this week you don't know what your week's going to be like The wind really may blow, but there's something of an anointing on your life that even if the wind blows, there's going to be a fragrance that's released and blesses somebody else out there. That's the anointing of God on our lives. Listen, he will bless you and you will stand in the mud. Anybody ever been in the mud? I I, I have an ongoing appointment in the mud. Now let's go home on this one, Judah. Finally, he says, ad casea. Very interesting plant with an interesting word because the implication and the definitions of this word is almost antithetical to the implications and the definition of the other two words because this word, as opposed to standing up, actually means to bow down. It means to stoop. Means to kneel. It means to bow down. There, there's an anointing on you that gives you an eye, the ability to worship God. To give you the life in worship to God, and that gives you the ability, watch, watch, to recognize your need for Him. The position of Coming before God and bowing and kneeling is the position that we take of help. We bow our knee and we, look at me, we lift our hands to God. Sarah just had that little baby. I just saw the child for the first time Friday when I got into town. There's nothing more precious than a little baby. Who doesn't have to utter one word just puts their hands up. Baby doesn't say a word, but you get the message. There's something in me, watch, of the Holy Spirit when I can't put it into words when I can't adequately express it, and I find myself kneeling before holy God, and with my hands lifted up, I say, Lord, help. I need you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. Now now watch this. There's something about the anointing that banishes pride. Pride can't kneel doesn't work. Pride can't bow. Self-sufficiency can't kneel. There's something about the anointing that keeps me humble before the Lord. I can remember as a kid, myself and my two brothers, my dad, a cop in Detroit, and my mother, stay-home mom, had enough on her hands with three boys like us. But every night, We'd be told, you know, before you went to bed, you went through the routine, you had to kneel by the bed and we crossed our hands and knelt by the bed and said the prayer, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. Now, I grew up and I got too big for that. Let let me tell you something. If you're too big... To get down on your knees and humble yourself before God. You're too big. You're just too big. If you're too big to acknowledge that there are some things in your life you cannot handle. That there are some predicaments and positions that you can't get out of. The the word bow means to bow in reverence. The word means to acknowledge a superior power. The, The word acknowledges you're not alone. That you don't face life alone. It is that dimension of the anointing that keeps me humble before God. Arrogance has no place in the face of God. And then he says, finally, add some oil. The word oil, the root of the word oil, three letters SH, that's, that's one word, don't trip over that. Then M and N. Sheman. Shaman. Shaman. Shaman, it depends on what value you put into it. The point of the word for oil, watch this, comes from the same word for the word name, a name. Song of Solomon one three says, Your name, O God, is like perfume poured out. The word oil is related to the word name. And the one loved by the Lord says, Your name is like oil, the psalmist says. It's perfume, it's fragrance poured out. The, the Hebrew word for Messiah means the anointed one. The, the New Testament word is Christos, Jesus Christ. I, I hope you knew Christ was not his last name. It, it was his office. Jesus Christ. Christ is the office, the anointed one, Jesus The anointed one. The word literally means one anointed with oil. His name, listen, his name will tell you something about his nature. And it is his nature to meet needs. And so if I ever identify the need in my life, I only then have to identify a name that matches my need. Because it's his nature to meet needs. My life is crazy sometimes. It's out of control. I don't know which way is up or which way is down. No left, no right. It's helter, skelter. There's no peace. There's no structure. And then all of a sudden I go, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. He's got a name. Jehovah Shalom. He's my peace. I think God brought somebody here today to offer this anointing. The, the ability to see beyond the now. The ability to stand in the midst of trials and troubles and winds, the ability to survive in the mud and the ability to serve God and surrender our lives to Him. The s- fragrance comes out strongest when the wind is blowing. The wind is symbolic. The oil, which is symbolic of the spirit of the living God. The fragrance that fills this room, that changes the atmosphere, is the presence of the living God. You and I are God's lampstand in a very, very dark and darkening world. Come on, amen. Shining bright with the oil that is on the inside for service with sacred anointing on the outside. And so here's the invitation for us this morning. We need to be anointed for service. We need to be anointed by the Holy Spirit, not for in here, but for out there. Every week something new happens that should make us know that more than ever before, a darkening world needs an anointed lampstand in the middle of it. Come on, amen? And that's you and I. You don't even have to do much. You don't have to even say much. You just got to be anointed. Are you ready to be anointed this morning? Maybe you're dry. Maybe you didn't even know there was such a thing available to you. But this morning it's available to you. And here's what I want you to do. I'm going to do it a little different this morning. The pastor's give me permission. I want you to put everything out of your hand. And if that's you this morning, as we stand in just a few seconds... If you need a touch of God's anointing on your life, I, I don't even think we're going to pray for you or lay hands on you or anything. I just want you to stand when you do, and then I want you to make your way down here, and we're going to worship together and let the Spirit of God touch our lives this morning. Come on, stand with me, would you please? And I want you to come down. Move out if that's you this morning. Come on. Worship team, come on up and help me. Hallelujah. If that's you, just come on down. If you need a touch of God in your life this morning, You need to be filled in your heart with encouragement, with inspiration, with power. Listen, if the future looks a little dark, he wants to brighten it up today. He really does, by the power of his Holy Spirit. And he's going to do it. Come on, move forward more. Just move up forward more. Hallelujah. Come on, come on. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Abigail, you set with the Spirit of the living God. Spirit of the living God, I want to sing, okay? The old one, yeah. I'm gonna do something. They don't even. They're they're gonna be all right. They're gonna make it. Yeah, that's what. God. He's in the key, the key yeah. of F. He's got it. I want you to lift your hands up with me. Let's Lord, just invite the Holy Spirit right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Father in Jesus' name. Come on, begin to cry out to the Lord. Come on, it's you doing it. It's not me doing it. It's not us. Come on, it's you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank hallelujah, you come on. In Jesus name, Thank I you praise Lord. you Lord. I magnify oh, your name Lord. I honor hallelujah. you Lord. I honor